do they want to grow in their technology? Do they want to grow in sales? Do you know? Do they want to be a hundred-man company? It's all different. But I think, at the very least, and this is what is a good subject to talk about, is you you have to. It's imperative that you grow in some manner. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. I'm Jason Zanger, and I'm in the studio with my friend and co-host, Jim Carr. Welcome to episode eight of Making Chips. Yeah, welcome, everybody. This episode is called Grow or Die. So Making Chips is a weekly podcast where Jim and I are co-hosting, and our mission is to equip leaders in the metalworking manufacturing industry with valuable content to utilize in their career and business. Yep, that's what um, we're trying to do. And so, to so what that out. means is, you know, Jim and I want to talk about relevant topics that are important to the metalworking industry. I guess you can make an analogy to kind of like a um, one of your common metalworking machining magazines, except we're in an audio format. Right. It's like, kind of like getting that trade publication once a month, but this is a little bit less effortless. You don't, you don't have to actually pick up the magazine. You can actually listen to us in your car, in your home, wherever it's convenient, wherever you have that Wi-Fi or downloadability. You got it. And we're going to post on our website actually how to download a podcast. So for for those of you that are listening on our website right now, we're going to we're going to make it easy for you to download it to your phone so that you can listen it through your Bluetooth in your car. Yeah, it's real easy. Don't worry about it. We'll, We'll show you the way. So, Jim, do you have something for manufacturing news? I do. I was uh, it's kind of. um coincidental how I, I read about this just the other day about um, women again in um, manufacturing is specifically welding there's been a big push in the milwaukee market for welders and i read this article about this young 24 year old single mother who had absolutely no intentions of getting into manufacturing and somebody pitched the idea to her she went she liked it she's like this is so cool i'm actually creating my own art and she she's just been in in this industry now for a few months she's making good money and she's able to support her family what's coincidental about this article is i was at a peer group uh, conversation meeting yesterday morning with some manufacturers and it was a roundtable discussion and the the one president owner owns a welding company in, in the same village where my company's at and he was saying that he had just hired a young woman who actually tested out better than some of these veteran welders that he's had working for him for all these years. And I said, that's great. I said, you know, there's a paradigm shift going on in this industry. And it's it's great that women are finally starting to get uh, the recognition that they need to be to be a welcome part of the community. Yeah, it it is exciting. I mean, I think as the, the manufacturing used to be just this 
do this. And it was just about, you know, like the people were treated sort of like machinery where they just had a particular output. But now as the jobs that are here in the United States are more complicated and a different thought process has to go into all of the, the all of what we manufacture, I think that the um, how women are wired differently than men is 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 absolutely going to make a difference in in how the United States is successful in the manufacturing industry. Yep, it's a, it's an exciting evolution, and it, I, I you know I love change. I I look forward to welcoming it, and uh, let's see where it goes. It's it's all good for everybody. It's great. In this episode, we're going to talk about growing or dying. So, is there a happy medium between focusing on growth or, you know, being perceived as a dying company. So Jim, at your company, are you always focused on, on, on growth? Well, we ebb and flow with that. I, I will be honest with you. You know, we've been in business for over 40 years and my, my dad's vision of where he wanted to go wasn't as formal as the way we think and, and it wasn't structured. Anymore. Okay, so he didn't have like a like he a mission not, or a vision for the company. Absolutely not. It was just you know, uh, just keep going. Uh, that that was the words that you he buy used. more machines when you get more jobs. The customers will come, and then we'll buy more machines. At that time, there was nothing written. There was no strategic plan. There was no vision. It was just kind of going by the seat of your pants. Whereas I, I'm educating myself through networking, and that's another podcast topic. But I, based on my association with my with my trade peers, I, I'm realizing that it's really important to at least have some kind of loose vision or strategic plan for your company. Because let me tell you, if you do not grow in some manner, it doesn't mean uh, that you're going to do 300% of sales increases in the next three years. But what it may mean to any individual is I'm going to buy that new piece of technology to make this particular process that we're doing now a little easier to let it resonate and to digest, make it faster, make it better. So you always want to be innovating. You always want to be looking at how you can make parts faster or decrease your cost of doing business by, right. by being innovative. And that's a growth strategy. So, I mean, it, it's all different for everybody else. What growth really means to that individual president owner and you know what where do they want to take it do they want to grow in their technology do they want to grow in sales do you know do they want to be a hundred man company it's all different but i think at the very least and this is what is a good subject to talk about is you you have to it's imperative that you grow in some manner yeah so the question is how do you define what growth is. Is it the number of machines that you have? Uh, the most common way to measure that would be to measure your growth would be your sales and your profit. Could be the number of customers that you serve. I, I think I just think it's important to define where what direction you're going to. Well, I think in our own respective businesses, growth could be different things. It could be different for you. It could be different for me. I'll be quite honest, right now, I am in a growth mode. I'm thinking about growing. I'm making a, a very strategic plan. I've retained a, a full-spectrum marketing company to come and work with me. I think the timing is right. I, for me right now, I, I can see it in my future. 
all the things that I think are going to happen are aligning. Okay, so if you, you you're in a growth mode, so if you look at your company in five years or in ten years, how does it look different? Is do you have twice as many machines? Is your sales twice as much? Your employees are twice or all of the above? I'd like to see. I yes, all of the above. I would like to see first and foremost sales because if you don't have customers, you don't have sales. You don't have anything. You got to start there. Then you got to then to support that you have to have laborers, people, skilled laborers. You have to have the machinery and equipment, and you have to have technology. And then you have to have all the players in place that can manage all the different levels of running a business. So you want to have more support staff in addition to the people in the factory. It comes with the territory. If 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 you're going to double or triple your sales, there's no way that one person can take care of all those multi layers of responsibility throughout you know the business. So have you defined what what that's going to look like yet? It has not been defined yet. Right, we're I, working into it right now. And, and my company, we're working on that same thing. So we're trying to define, you know, what our sales are going to look like in the future, and and have those goals that we're um, that we're moving towards. And also yeah, share what that our, because I think it's I think it's interesting when when because we're friends and we we talk often about these things. What does growth mean for your company, Jason? I mean, wh- what are what are you striving for? Do you have a vision of where you see the company in five years? I do specifically for our company. We have a couple different metrics that we wanna that we wanna look at. One of them is obviously sales and profit. Another would be the number of vending systems and integration contracts that we're serving. Interesting. And then another would be measuring our retention of our customers. So we want to make sure that we're not churning customers. Uh, we want to make sure that we're retaining customers, or at least we're retaining customers that we want to retain. So we, we've definitely got a couple um, a couple measurements that we look at for our growth. And, and we're also considering other ancillary industries to, to possibly go after as well. Interesting. So just augmenting what you're currently doing with value-added services and products that your customers can utilize. Right. Okay. But I, I think it's important that, to define those things. So, Oh, it um, has to be. It has know, to be. Here's our, here's our three or four measurements, and what are we going to do this year, and then what is this going to look like in five or ten years? The thing is, and I think anyone would agree, if you're not strategic and you do not have a plan and you do not grow, you will eventually get sucked up and you'll just go away. Because your competition's always going to be staying at the cutting edge. There's always going to be a new machine shop. There's always going to be another industrial tool company out there that's good, that may possibly do things better than you can do them. Yeah, as far as innovation goes in your business model, you always have to look at growing those things. Because um, as, as you said previously, business changes and you, and you need to grow and change with it. I agree. But I, I don't think it's bad to say, you know, some in, some businesses might say, you know what, I, I have 20 employees and that's what I'm comfortable with right. and I want to stay at that level. I, I think that there is something admirable about defining that as long as you say within the box that I've decided that I want to stay within, I'm still going to stay innovative. So I can still stay at let's just say 20 employees, if, if that's the measurement that you want to look at, but I'm going to be innovative and I'm going to continue to look at the latest machinery. I'm going to continue trying to reduce costs and define and make, your parameters yeah, and because, stay within them. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can, you could probably be a more profitable company at, 
you know, 20 employees than you could at a hundred in some Absolutely. cases. You, I, I, I definitely think you could for sure. I, I'm all about running lean and, and mean and lean. It's been our business model forever. So, and I, I want to maintain that business model running mean, lean. I just want to be a little bit more strategic in the way I go forward. Do you think that it's in our nature to want to grow as a company? Like our, in our nature as leaders in the manufacturing industry to want to always see that, you know, 5% growth or 50% I think, I think growth. it's, I think it's Jason and Jim's, but I don't think it's everybody's. So do you talk to other business leaders and they, they don't have that same drive? Well, you uh, know, drive? It's, I, I think that the people that I'm networking with, the peers that I'm networking with in my community are the ones that are out networking and doing that are the, are, are the drivers, the people that are really want the people that I'm not networking with are the people that don't really care. You know, they, they always say that the, that the people that are the most busy are the people that are working on their business. Yeah. And I'm sure that you tend to associate yourself with people that are more like you and are trying to drive their companies because yeah. that's how, what you want to spend your time talking about. Yeah. It took me, it took me quite a few years to understand that, but I get it now. Do you have any customers that look at you and say, okay, how many machines do you have? How many employees do you have? And they use that as a gauge to decide whether they want to do business with you, whether they want to give you a chance to quote a job or to, um, to do a job for them. I don't have any customers that ask about that, but I, potential. Have, I have prospects that have asked that in the past. For whatever reason, they didn't feel like we were qualified enough to do business with them for you know whatever reason. And based on your size, based on on the size of the the shop and what we can handle and you know our output. But at the end of the day, maybe it wasn't a good fit. Maybe maybe you know I, I'm a little sensitive to that because I, I'd like to be for everybody. You know, I'd like to be everyone's vendor. But at the end of the day, I, I know reality is such that they're going to only go if they if they believe that they have a big output that they need to do and I can't handle it, then that's great. It's probably a good idea that we don't move forward anymore. Yeah, you have to know who you are. You, def you have to really know who you are. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about the wrong ways to grow. And I think that when we define what the wrong ways to grow are that we can flip that around or our listeners can flip that around and say, okay, if that's the wrong way, um, you know, let's look at the opposite for the right way to grow. The first thing that we want to talk about is financing. So obviously it takes money to grow. This is one of the things that I sometimes struggle with is that as the company has grown, there's less cash to to play with, especially in a business like I'm in, where the where the net margins are um, so tiny that it, it makes it difficult to grow. But one of the ways that we talked about is the wrong way to grow, because I've seen this in some of our in some of our customers, is using your suppliers as credit for your growth. Good subject. I've seen many manufacturers that are just completely hampered because they don't go to the bank to fund a line of credit or they don't take out a loan and they end up using their suppliers in order to finance their growth. And it's not a, it's not a successful long-term plan to do that. No, I'm, I'm sure you've seen that a lot more than I have too in your business. I have. Specifically. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know what my dad used to say years ago, they're running their business on my money. That's it. I, I used to hear that all the time. Yeah. That guy's running his business on my money and he owes me, you know, $5,000. 
funny. Absolutely. And <laughs> yes. Um, so I think the opposite of, of using your supplier's credit to grow and, and that, that being a wrong way to grow would be to have a financing plan for growth. Talk to your bank, learn about the proper way to borrow money in order to, you know, achieve your, your, what you want to achieve. And, you know, the first thing you need to do is, is define what that is, but then, you know, meet with a banker and decide how, how are we going to get there? Understood. I get it. So the next, the next wrong way to grow would be to take on low margin business. Right. I don't play that game either. I mean, I, I know a lot of my competition does that. They, they feel that it's important for them to drop their prices and just to get in with a, a new customer, new OEM. Yeah, just to get in the door. Just to get in the door. And they're going to lose money on the job. But the, the problem is, and I see it, I've seen it happen over and over and over again. They'll steal the job from me because their prices might be 30% less. But the problem is they can't make money on the job. They're going to be late. They're probably not going to produce the part is with high quality as I can or I have been on that legacy part that I've been making. So the next time the job comes around, when 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 they up to reorder, they have to raise their price. So now we're really competitive. So, and I think that the the customers need to realize it. I think they're getting a little smarter about that. At least that's the feedback I've been getting from my customer base. Is they're they're being smarter about keeping the jobs with certain vendors and they can talk to me you know maybe we can be strategic in how we make these parts going forward but um no that is definitely the wrong way to grow jason is by dr dropping your price just to get in the door because it just at the end of the day you you have to make money to feed your business and if if you don't make money and you don't have it it's never gonna how are you ever gonna buy new technology Let's talk about metalworking tools. All right, there is a business model that that's kind of similar to what we were what we were talking about as far as pricing goes, but we're a distributor for a company called Widia. They're a global company. They're actually a sister brand to Kenna Metal. Let me ask you: Was it years ago that that brand is it, was it Krupp Widia years ago? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're a, a German company, yeah. and that that sounds they, you know over the years you know the the whole conglomerate has um, you know had many many different types of brands. So yeah, there that name does sound familiar, but that might be before we, my we time. Have, yeah. <laughs> well, we've got some shell mills in my shop that uh, are Krupp Widia. Right. Yeah. So what what Widia has done is that they have two different carbide lines. So they've got their value line, and then they've got their victory line. And what they do is they say, this is our latest, most innovative grades and coatings in the victory line. And then here's some of our legacy products in the value line. And one of the things that I remember vaguely remember when I was in business school is that, you know, when you're when you do have this pricing pressure, is that from a branding perspective is that you develop two different lines. So you say, okay, if I'm getting beat up here, I'm going to develop two different lines. I'm going to, I'm going to develop a line that's a higher quality and a higher price. And then I'm going to go, and then I'm going to develop a line that's a lower quality and a lower price. And in the case of Widio, what they've done is they have that higher quality, higher priced victory line. And then not that it's lower quality, but just that it's a legacy product. So it's been around for a long time. And it's, so it's at a lower price. And a lot of that product is actually, you know, it's, some, it's all application based, I would imagine. Yeah, it's all application based. I mean, and, and, and it's not that 
the manufacturing process is lower either because some of it is made in the United States, but it's just that it's, you know, maybe 10 years old as far as a grade goes, but it's still adequate for certain jobs. So I really th- think that that's a, a great business model. So the model. big differentiators between the two product lines is grade c- c- grade of the carbide. Right. How long the grade's been out in the marketplace. So okay. if it's an older one, it goes into the value line. And then coding, secondly. Right. Okay. Right. Well, and geometry too. Geometry is huge. Yeah, geometry is huge. In general, we're talking about you know ISO standard product, so the geometry doesn't change too much. I understand. Great. So that's one of the things that I think is a, a very interesting way to to in the metalworking tools to go about fighting that that price game. So this concludes episode eight of making chips, where we talked about growing or dying. And I think that there's a lot I don't want to die yet. No, I don't want to die. I'm not. That's why we're, that's why we're here talking, right? Yeah, It's a struggle. And and what we want to do is we want to equip the manufacturing leaders with content that they can use to grow their business or at the very least so that they can maintain a certain level that they want to stay at and, and remain innovative. Yeah, hey, all, all you listeners of our podcast, we we want to hear from you. We want we need your feedback. We want to hear how how we're doing. Are you interested to hear these podcasts? Are, are there any topics or subjects that you'd like Jason and I to record? And uh, we would be happy to get that information out. You know, we're always searching for new, interesting manufacturing news and topics. Just leave us a, a note on uh, makingchips.com. That's where you can get all the latest information on uh, where the podcasts are notes about what each episode said and what we did and what we talked about yeah go to go to makingchips.com and you could see all the individual episodes and you can make a comment about each of those episodes and then there is links to contact jim and i via various social social networking sites like facebook twitter um, and everything like that so let us know um what you want to hear about yeah and our emails are on there too i believe so i believe they are great well Episode number eight in the bucket. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips.